If you have been financially affected by the COVID pandemic, then this message is for you. Are you among the many folks who have lost their jobs or if you've been furloughed or working from home at a reduced pay? If you have credit card debt and cannot make your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros can help. Call us to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. If you are struggling with credit card debt, we can help. Call 800-591-5517. That's 800-591-5517. This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, y'all, welcome to the G episode 74, the G Podcast. Uh, happy spring. Happy spring to y'all. Let me let me give you a little springtime joy. You know, be a lot happy. It, it's springtime. It's springtime. It, it is now spring. Finally. Finally. And, uh, you know, unlike, um, I hope you all are having a good day, unlike, um, you know, Cherokee County and the Sheriff's Department, you know, how, how can how can you go out and kill a bunch of people and, and say it's like, uh, oh, he's just having a bad day. Like uh, he just lost American Idol. But, you know, foot in mouth, foot in mouth. Yeah, foot you, in mouth. You, you know what I'm saying? So I hope you guys are having a good day, everybody, ladies, gentlemen. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, you know, because I think we have to talk about it uh, as part of this show. I think there's some shows who feel um, that uh, because it didn't happen in our community, we don't need to be talking about it. But there are a lot of similarities here and, and it needs to be talked about. So the G podcast will be talking about it in just a few. But I uh, got to remind you, all you know, as we tape the podcast, I don't know if you got brackets or not, but it is March Madness. It is underway um, until April 5th. And, you know, I want to thank. My fifth grade teacher right now, Ellen, Miss Singer, Sisterhand, because she listens to the podcast. So, you know, I got to come grammatically correct all the time, Tanya B, you know, because I'll get little snide remarks in the email. And and rightfully so. And rightfully so. No, my fifth grade teacher, to this day, I still adore her. So, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, this is, I mean, and Miss Singer is one of my favorite teachers, so. But the thing about it, she sent me, uh, because it is March Madness, uh, there was an article in USA Today talking about Texas Western and and the famous 1966 historic win over Kentucky. Uh, they were the first all-black starting five in, uh, in NCAA history um, to win against. And, and, and Kentucky was number one and, and dominant at the time. So uh, I just want to say thank you, um, Ellen for sending me that great article from USA Today. And, and also, if y'all remember the movie Glory Road, uh, it was based on, on this situation where, you know, you had basically America was just saying, hey, you know, black players can't play in a disciplined game with like all together in, in, in the game at once. And it just shattered those myths and, and, and it shattered you know, the myth of blacks can't be student athletes. So kudos. Uh, I think that it's no longer Texas Western. I think it's UTEP, University of Texas El Paso is what the schools refer to. So uh, anyway, anyway, anyhow, this is the G podcast. Each week we do news, politics, pop culture, that piping hot tea from Tanya B. And um, we have a very special guest. When we talk about the Grammys, I'm going to go to uh, our special guest. Special guest, I know you're monitoring us right now, so just kind of hang in there. We got to do our business, so we're going to do that in a few minutes. And 
Of course, news with Syracuse, Mike. We're going to talk about the crime spree in the ATL with uh, the shootings. Uh, we are going to mention the fact that the Grammys were down 53% year over year. And uh, we'll get into Tanya B's tea report. And um, a little bit about the special guest before we get to him. Uh, his name's Newton Collier. He was a former member of Sam and Dave, play uh, horns. And uh, he was also part of Otis Redding's original band. He is from the Mac town, so I guess he's going to cover from our pride of the Mac, uh, Wyo, this week. Uh, she's going to be out, but we got a lot to talk about when it comes down to social justice at the end of the, sh- in the, end of the show. So, uh, But first, I, I hope I can see him as he drives down the street in the car. You're not driving, are you, man? Turn your mic on. Uh, looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> let me go. Let me go to before I come to him because he he's muted right now and 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 rightfully rightfully so he should be muted because he's he's in a car hopefully in the passenger seat. I told him not to call in, but he did it anyway. Uh, but let me go first uh, to our our good buddy. He's on the show again this week. Um, you know K Dub, you there, man? Yeah, I'm here, man. Checking out my man Rad and his uh. He ain't even he ain't even in the back. He he's sitting in the front. I'm like, dude. I mean, you know, at least look like you're in a limo. But um, you know, again, uh, coming back for another week out of Dayton, Ohio. You know what? I wanted to play that. Dun 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 dun. Ohio. Oh, I want to play. I, I want to use that as your theme song, man. But but you know they come after you. You know how they come after you. We'll put, yeah, that record company, or whoever on them master, to be <laughs> they be coming yeah. after. But man, straight out of Ohio, O H I O, Dayton, Ohio, the only one. You you know what? You, you need to hook everything up. Hook your bass up and just play that bass, and and maybe we can get away with the bass line. But oh, uh, yeah. how about that? Next time, get, get it hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, coming out of Dayton, Ohio, Keith K Dub Wimberly is in the building. Thank you, Thank you, you K Dub. And um, I, I still haven't got. Well, okay, he might be there now. Turn your mic on, man. Turn your mic on. That's okay. Oh, damn. See what I'm talking about, Tanya B? I try. I'm here. He was, he's in the audience. He's in the roving audience today. He's in the roving audience. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me give it to him. He's he's our our, our country commentator. Where you at? Yeah, well, can, yeah. I, can can hey, can I at least ask where you are right now? Yes, you can. Where where you at? Where are you driving through? I'm coming from uh, Destin, Florida. Oh, were you among the spring breakers? <laughs> no, I was not. We are better. We are better behaved adults. I hope I didn't see you. Did I, not, we, go ahead, man. We did not go among them people. Yeah, we I did hope, not go among them. I, I was hoping I didn't see you among the crowd getting pepper sprayed. You didn't. Okay. You did not. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, well, matter of fact, there was no teenager in college students where I were. <laughs> you went to Destin. That's the grown folks part. Because <laughs> they probably they couldn't afford it. They no, couldn't they, couldn't, they couldn't afford that. But anyway, he's our country commentator. The pride of Forsyth, Georgia, Mary Persons High School. Y'all give it up, one and only Vise in the building. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And of course, you know, you know who is coming up. She hooks us up with hot tea every single week. 
And uh, the one, the only, but before we do anything, we have to do it this way. Every time <laughs> I come in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. What's cooking, Tanya B? What you got, Tanya B? Okay, I didn't cook much today. Uh, I just let you know, I did do, uh, and it's very easy, shrimp pad thai. It's, it's like one, two, three, four, five. Did that, that was a dinner. But I made, as I sent you, my, uh, I said, here's dinner last night. And it's taking everything I have not to go get some since I had three slices last night. But I made a pineapple butter rum pound cake. Hmm. And all I can say is, do Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was that good. Yes, God. And it has chunks. Of, I diced up uh, pineapple tidbits. And so there's chunks of pineapple in there as well. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Over here. <laughs> what you say, Kate? Up, you got your toes wiggling. <laughs> Make my toes wiggle over here. <laughs> and oh, I took it out of the oven yeah. and I put the glaze on it when it was still warm. So the first two pieces I had were basically hot for all intents and purposes. You know how you inhale? Oh yeah. Mm, and you catch the 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 whiff of the rum. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh-uh. Hey, you know, not Bacardi. The- don't. Yeah, Bacardi's not for cooking. I know. I know. But you know what, Tanya B, you know, we we were talking about this last week and, uh, you know, I was, I'm trying to stay off 600 pound life, which I, by the way, I do watch that show. I love that show. I love the stories uh, on that show. It is a compelling watch. If you've never seen it, you should check it out. It really. Uh, no, I do. It, it it's is, an instant diet. Like yes. that would be something if I had not stayed away from the cake last night. Yeah. That's what I watch when I want to say, you know, it's time to stop. Yes. And, and it just some, just oh, yeah. some heart wrenching, uh, and you know, some, some uplifting shows, you know, to watch, but, but here's the deal. I, I reached out to a good source, um, good friend of mine from years ago, uh, Chandra Walker, and, and she has uh Chandra Walker fitness. Uh, actually it's Bella fitness group. Uh, she's a motivational speaker. And, and actually, you know what? She was on the reel um, when she initially launched her company, you know, the, the talk show. And, uh, you know, she's been featured in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, but she'll be on. She agreed to come on the podcast next week and talk to us about shedding some COVID pounds. So, no, no, that I, I can't wait, you know, because those are the two main things when it comes to health with COVID is, mm-hmm. you know, excess weight. And then I watched something last night on uh, television about COVID. Uh, they call it pandemic alcoholism. Yeah. Yep. 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 So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. And she, um, you know, has her photos. I'm, I'm going to send y'all her photos Before from Facebook. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, it's one of those biggest loser, uh, you know, stories where, you know, she lost over a hundred pounds, well over. And uh, God, she, she's, she's kept it off. She's kept it off because uh, I did it once. And, you know, I, I kind of yo-yo. I'm kind of like Big Luther, Little Luther, you know. <laughs> Happy Luther, sad Luther. Yeah, yeah. So so I am in Big Luther mode. <laughs> I'm in Big Luther mode. So that's cool. That's a good, you know, but, but you know, Big Luther. I was happy, you know. Big Luther can't sustain on the knees. So I might have to come up off that. Come on. Exactly. You know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, what she has to say, because it's one thing to make the commitment to, you know, to, to lose it. Mm-hmm. But yep. the other thing is, you know, you look up and five pounds comes back, then oh. 10 pounds comes back. And I just say, why work that hard to lose it? Yep. You know, only to gain it back or to gain it back plus. So, you know, I, I'm ready. I will be taking notes and, um, I totally agree. Look forward to her visit, actually. I, you know, a lot of eating is just either out of boredom, mm-hmm. uh, emotional, yep. 
or, you know, and then like with people on 600 pound life, you usually find that a lot of them have had some traumatic occurrence in their life. Yeah. But what about, what about just little Debbie's calling your name at two in the morning? Any, you know, that's what I got. I got the little Debbie's be singing my name. They be singing. In the kitchen. Well, what I would say to Debbie, we we don't want. I, we're not going to. It's Sunday. We're not going to do that. Uh, you know, and just some things. You just over yeah. time, I found that I, you just lose it. Lose a taste for some things. I don't drink soda anymore, and I yeah. don't miss it. I got no way from it. I got no way from it. But anyway, I, I got away regular soda, diet soda, no soda. You come to my house, I'm going to offer you some flavored seltzer. Give me some water. <laughs> you know? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Hey, but anyway, yeah. our guest is here. Um, I got to say, and, and let me give him, um, you know, his props first, uh, and then we'll get into the introduction. But, uh, man, Newton Collier, and, and I've known Newton. Uh, I spent time in Macon, Georgia, and, and, and Newton and I would always see each other um, at, at, you know, at, at these, uh, you know, either meetings. Uh, we were on boards together. We did a lot of, um, uh, a lot of volunteerism with, with Newton. You'd always see him out there volunteering and doing something. He was a big advocate for the city and for entertainment, but he was a, uh, a member of the Sam and Dave horns, uh, played with the original, uh, Redding, uh, Otis Redding band, uh, played with Carla Thomas. You don't know these names, Tanya B. I know you don't. Absolutely. Uh, no. I don't know. Well, now, was he part of Johnny Jenkins and the Pine Toppers? Or yes, he was. Yes. He, hey, he'll answer that for you in a minute. But okay. I'm pretty sure he was. Much respect on him. Oh, yeah. I want to know if he is he related to uh, Medi Collier, the singer, or not. See, you gonna wake the no, you there? I'm sorry. In my head, <laughs> I'm here. In my head, <laughs> somebody somebody knows too much about me up there. <laughs> That's, That's my job, brother. That's my job. But he played with Joe Simon, Percy Sledge, so many others. He's president of the uh, Georgia Legacy Foundation. Uh, promotes uh, non you know unknown artists, lo- lost blues, soul artists uh, all around Georgia. Uh, and I, he should he should really be the true mayor of Macon uh, because he's always involved, always there. You know, give it up, y'all, for the one, the only. Newton Collier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the loop. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's me. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Doing great, Newton. Hey, man, I'm finally glad that I got you on. I'm glad I finally got you on because Newton is always, he always uh, shares information about the podcast, always sharing information with me on, on LinkedIn, man, just a, just a good brother uh, with a, with a great history in music. And, and you know, that the Grammys happened this week. So I wanted to bring him on. We got K-Dub here. K-Dub's a musician as well. Tanya B, you're in the music industry. I've done my little thing in the music industry, but, but, but Newton, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you by bringing you in and, and just really just having you in and acknowledge you, man, but the Grammys, man, how are you feeling about the challenges that the Grammy, the Grammy organization has right now? What, what, what are your thoughts? What, what are they doing? What can they do to get back in the good graces? One of the things I, I see happening is if you look at the board, there are no seniors on the board. Hmm. I mean, how can they learn anything if no one knows anything? I mean, it's nice to have all modern music, but in order for them to see what it's all about, they're going to have to reach back, hmm. pull in some of the old folk mm-hmm. that have been there. So, and one of the good examples is we are losing them every day. You need to reach out to the board members that are there to have them to mentor in some of these schools with some senior citizens. Good point. Teach the young kids exactly how to play. And when you go and when they when these kids, one thing I noticed. 
So when these kids get to Apollo Theater and they hip hops and all that, mm-hmm. and they throw that music on them, they said, "What is that?" The kid, the man, the Apollo, look at them and said, "And who are you?" That's then they can't go no further. Mm-hmm. So you at the top of the chitlin circuit, you need to cross over and make some serious money, not quick money, but longevity money. It's gonna last and pass down. Blues artists made longevity money. They played the joints. The chitlin circuit was a that need to be brought back. K Dub, you mentioned a lot. Um, about you and I have had conversations about the fact that these artists these don't tour anymore. Um, and what are your thoughts, man? Because you and I have that same conversation. Oh man, I'm with him 100. percent It's like last week when I when I brought up um I think I don't know who it was. Uh, it might have been Shockley from Lakeside. You know the stuff he's writing is um it's modern day. And and as I was saying uh, last week, the Younger people need to get with these older ones. Like my man just said, they're dropping de- daily and learn something from them, especially, well, mainly our black kids. Like we were saying about Bruno Marx, he puts the study in, he puts the work in. We got to get ours to do that, to keep the connection, because you can't, you have to learn from the people before, before you. I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, everything is interconnected. But when you got that gap, like I was saying, when you disconnect singers from bands all the time, it, it just widens the gap and it decreases and it just uh, makes the music seems uh, malnutrition, if you ask me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So they need to get with some old school cats and just learn. You don't have to take everything. Just learn. I was a natural at it. I never had no problem being where I was from. I, when I was 24, I was finding uh, uh, 23, 24, I was finding Fats Domino tapes and albums that was blowing me away, and I still pump it, man. They they act like it's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. it's not. But on the other hand, I do find youngsters, when they hear some young, when they hear some old school music they never heard, it's, they're like blown away. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think yeah. that has to do with them um, listening to what they listen to on radio and videos or whatever, whatnot, and not really being exposed. But I've seen them get exposed because I'm a school bus driver too. Mm, gotcha. they, they really, really like it if they get exposed to it, you know? So I, mm. I try to encourage them like that, you know, listen to the Dre's, even though Dre's considered an OG now, listen to him, mm-hmm. then keep going further back. Like he took from the funk, or I ain't gonna say took, but just, you know, use what he needed to use to make it happen. It's, you, you, you got to. I don't see how we can get further without it. I got you. Even, yeah. even performing. I got you. I'm going to go to Tanya B real quick. Uh, Tanya, Tanya B. What what these young people not realizing that if it weren't for, you know, the K-dubs and Mr. Collier and people along that line, it, they would not be able to do what they do now. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like even you look in the radio industry, I come from, I guess I come, I'm a second generation. Maybe I'm different, but I come from a place of just respect. It's like we're taught to, you know, to respect our elders and the adults around us, you know, to do the same thing. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it, a lot of the music that these kids are creating, and I say creating, then no, that they're using yeah. is somebody else's creation. Yeah, you true. look at how many records, you know, somebody somewhere is using a loop, uh, a bit, you know, a sample from somebody else's music. Some of the biggest, you know, I say modern day records, you know, use samples. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look how many people sampled Roger Troutman. Look how many people have sampled Motown. You know, some people don't sample because they don't want to pay, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the royalty fees. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, but then, you know, you also have to look at, you know, things like the Stacks Academy. It's like this should be, to me, this should be something along the lines of the Stacks Academy in every school. However, the music in the schools programs of, you know, they, their yeah. funding's just been cut and yeah, those, so that, that outlet for children to learn, you know, barely exists anymore. And just, you know, to piggyback on what I think what Mr. Collier said there, I don't know what they're, I call them the YouTube ones, these two young bro, uh, brothers, and they have a YouTube channel, and there are so many songs that are so common to us mm-hmm. that they're hearing for the first time, and to hear their reaction is am- amazing, and it's almost like you know you've kind of made it because uh, there was a parody done of them on uh, SNL, mm-hmm. and the repeat was on last night. So it was like to them, it's all new. Yeah. But, you know, you don't know, how do you know where you're going to go if you don't know where you come from? So true. So, so true. You know, Newton, I want to ask you one other question. Um, and, and I agree with you, Tanya B. And I agree with you, Kata. Great advice. Um, but but just, you know, piggy, piggybacking on the past, uh, you know, versus the, the company uh, that was doing the battles uh, over over within the pandemic um, announced over the weekend that they have Earth, Earth, Wind and Fire and the Isley Brothers chosen as the next verses. And uh, you and I were talking about this offline, Newton. Who do you think uh, would win a battle between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brothers? It's coming up April fourth. Who do you think? Why does it have to be a battle? I know, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a battle, but uh, I'm going to go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, okay, okay. You have to realize they came from jazz to soul, then they went back to jazz and came to R and B. Hmm. Okay. Not to stay in one genre. Tanya B. I, I would agree. You know, just the fact that Earth, Wind, and Fire, if you, you know, for what it's worth, you know, they're more of a global, international crossover type of act as well. You know. Yeah, so true. I can't really, off the top of my head, think of how many uh, pop songs the Isley Brothers have actually covered and covered successfully. Yeah, so true. What about you, uh, K Dub? Well, wait, boy, that one's tight because really, if you look at the discography. Isley Brothers got some hits. Oh, yeah. They got, yeah, as far as, you know, putting them out there back in the late 60s, all the way through the 70s. But I would have to go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know if it was because it was the 70s, but their stuff was had a little more impact when it hit me, although the Isley Brothers is close. You have a battle here, man. You pulled up a good one to play with today, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They pulled up a great one. It is a great one. Hey, but I got to say this. I'm going with Earth, Wind & Fire because uh, Earth, Wind & Fire really had the biggest probably world impact, even though I'm a big fan of the Isley Brothers, but probably deep black soul. I think the, the Isley Brothers would win the Chitlin Circuit battle. But when you look mm-hmm. at the general market battle with everybody included, um, you know, it, it would be uh, it would be Earth, Wind and Fire. But I, I do lean good. Earth, Wind and Fire is my favorite, though. Yeah. Hey, y'all, we're going to before we I, I got to say again, big thanks. Kudos. The one, the only. And I call him. Y'all, I, I, I know disrespect. I call him Newton because I've always known him as, as Newton. And uh, he's he's he has so much love. Um, in making man, when you see him and, and everybody knows him. Um, but, but much love to you, Newt, man. I, Newt, and I just want to say thank you, man, for coming on the show. And it, it you know, won't be the last time whenever you got something coming on, 
are going on, just reach out to me and we'll get you up in here, okay? Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be out here. Maybe someone will learn something from the old man. You know how that goes. Always, man. Always. I follow you, bro. I follow you, sir. I see what's going on. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you so much. I'll give it up one more time. Yeah, all right. Give it up one more time. That's cool. Thank you so much, Newton Collier. Y'all see what I'm talking about? And, 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 you know, even though, I mean, we were from different generations, I, I, I agree with him completely, man. I think that's part of what the Grammys has to do, among other things. Uh, and we'll get into um, the conversation when we get into entertainment, uh, when we get into Tanya B's or after Tanya B's tea, because, um, you know, I, I think there are some other big issues. And Tanya B, I follow you. Uh, as well uh, online. And I know you've been posting some really good articles about, you know, what's going on in music, especially with streaming. And and we need to oh, talk yeah. about that because I think that's a big problem. Not a, it's an issue. It's an issue oh. that, that has to be dealt with as well. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but first, you know how we do it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to news with Syracuse. Mike, we'll be right back and talk about this. And then later on, we'll get into the tea. We'll be right back. for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. President Biden named the person who will be in charge of making sure that the right people will benefit from the current round of COVID relief money. Mainstream businesses from hardware stores to beauty salons that needed the help most were left behind. The president says that won't happen this time. Gene Sperling, a former White House economic advisor, will oversee implementation of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package signed into law last week. Sperling's job will be to get the money out the door quickly. He will also serve as the lead official in partnership with state and local officials. In entertainment news, the Oscar nominations are out with Judas and the Black Messiah and the Trial of the Chicago 7, both getting Best Picture nods. Following years of complaints about the lack of diversity, three black men, Leslie Odom Jr., Daniel Kaluuya, and Lakeith Stanfield were all nominated in the Best Supporting Actor category. The Oscars will be handed out on April 25th, a bit later than normal due to the pandemic. And big congrats to Beyonce. After Sunday's Grammy Award, she became the all-time female winner. Beyonce also tied Quincy Jones for second place among all Grammy winners. Atlanta police continue their investigation into the shooting spree at local spas, leaving a total of eight people dead, four in the city. Most of the victims were Asian. Atlanta police insist they have not come to a conclusion about a motive. Deputy Chief Charles Hampton. We had four Asian females that were killed. And so we are looking at everything to make sure that we discover and determine what the motive of our homicides were. The suspect, Robert Long, has said he did what he did because of a sex addiction and not because the victims were Asian. Cherokee Mm. County Sheriff Frank Reynolds became emotional at a vigil Thursday night at the Ackworth Spa where a gunman started a shooting spree in the Atlanta metro. A total of eight people died, four in Cherokee County. We are committed to providing a safe community and getting a solid conviction on this. You have my promise. Reynolds said we are better than this. A Cherokee County captain has faced wide criticism over comments Wednesday when he talked about the shooter having a bad day and appeared to lack sympathy for the victims. The sheriff's office has acknowledged that Captain Jay Baker's comments were construed as insensitive, but it insisted that they were not intended to disrespect any of the victims. 
It was later revealed that Baker had shared a Facebook post last March that promoted anti-Asian T-shirts. He has been removed as a spokesperson on the case. Good news from the IRS. Your tax returns can wait until May 17th instead of April 15th. The deadline extension was announced Wednesday. Apparently, the pandemic, along with still processing 2019 tax returns, plus distributing stimulus checks, have overwhelmed the agency. That's amazing. Um, Kudos. I I guess if you haven't filed your taxes, you got to be a little happy about the fact that they give you more time. Um, But going back to that story um, with the, uh, the shooting of eight people, six of those being Asian women and the majority of them being women. Um, you know, my, my whole thing about this, this case, um, and I think, and, and I, I'd love your opinion first on this, Tanya B. Um, I, I think this is going to be a problem, a big problem for uh, Mayor Bottoms. And, and the reason I say that, not, not just because of the tragedy, it's the whole hate crime, uh, the way they are avoiding or, or really slowing it down when it comes down to calling this thing a hate crime. I mean, how can you not call it a hate crime? Exactly. That's, you know, just like saying, okay, the crime in Atlanta overall, you know, has spiked, you know, quite sharply. How do you not call that crime? It's a hate crime. It's a hate crime. When you seem to target a particular segment of an ethnic group, does that not indicate a hate crime? And and, and also just... When when did when did the murderers, which he he actually confessed that he did the shootings, when does a murderer get to choose who how they're going to be charged? So, oh, so here's, here's my thing. <laughs> I think there had to be some thought put into this because how do you go all the way from Ackworth, which is thirty two thirty thirty three miles away, yeah, yeah, from Atlanta, and then you just happen to come down to that particular spa? I mean, between, you know, Ackworth and Atlanta, I'm sure there are plenty of other, you know, spas, strip clubs, whatever that was. If that were the case, you know, why didn't he go into an escort agency? If that were the case, why didn't he go into a strip club? And which, matter of fact, there was a strip club across the street because they interviewed a stripper from the strip club <laughs> after the people at the spa got shot on Piedmont. Wow. wow. Hmm. So, so t- uh, K-Dub, my point yeah. about them asking him, what happened and 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 the Cherokee County folks coming back, which if you if you're not familiar with Atlanta, uh, Cherokee is like the metro part of the metro, but it's really not part of the city proper. It's north. It's far north. Um, but, you know, my whole point about do you think if it was a black guy, do you think they would have asked him, hey, man, why'd you do it? And then do you think they would have gone on the news and taken his excuse the way the cops took his excuse? Do you think they would have done that to a brother? Absolutely not. They probably would, as soon as they found out it was him or thought it was him, they yeah. probably fired on him. Yeah. You know? And it's having a bad day. Oh. Man, yeah. the biggest crock of BS I ever heard in my life. He was just like, oh, this guy wasn't really feeling good today. So he go out and kill, what, eight people, and they all, mostly, I guess, or all of them happen to be Asian. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Don't even try to cover it up. But nah, they wouldn't have gave us that kind of break at all. Uh, if they was black, we'd have probably been shot under the ground or being held and, and all kinds of other stuff being said. But not know we was having a bad day. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. they, they probably Dude. went to Burger King and got them a burger and fries yeah. and or, or, or Big Mac. It, it, it's just yeah. amazing. It's just amazing to me. And the, but the cop looked so like, 
oh, this guy was having a bad day. I was like in total awe. I just so happened to see it and was like, no, he did. No, <laughs> they never said a brother had a bad day after they caught him in the middle of a crime. It's like, what the, when we, when did we give the criminal the choice to, yeah. to, to mm. so it's yeah. almost yeah. like they're giving him, oh, well, you know, don't worry about it. He was having a, it just how they dehumanize the Asian community. So when, when we, uh, at the end of the show, uh, Wyo's off this week, so we're not doing the, uh, the stay woke report, but I do want to just come, come back. And and uh, and and have a quick roundtable about this because um, you know it just looked like they were dehumanizing the victims, you know, and 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 that's you know that's a problem. And and even for some of some of our folks, you know, some you know this is a black targeted podcast, but even for a lot of the black some of the black audience, not all, you know, we have to find solidarity wherever we can. And one of the things I think that's great that I'm hearing from the Asian community is that they understand the power of solidarity. And we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, after we finish up with Tanya B's tea, we'll come back to it. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the last word on, on just this part of it, Tanya B, but we'll get more in depth. Last word before, uh, before we go into break. Thoughts? Uh, he, he's going to try to claim insanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple and plain. I see an insanity defense being set up. Yeah, I do too. All right, let's do this. We'll go to break and uh, we'll come right back with Tanya BST. We'll be right back. If you have been financially affected by the COVID pandemic, then this message is for you. Are you among the many folks who have lost their jobs or if you've been furloughed or working from home at a reduced pay? If you have credit card debt and cannot make your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros can help. Call us to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. If you are struggling with credit card debt, we can help. Call 800-591-5517. That's 800-591-5517. Now then, children, it's time for tea. It's tea time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B. All right, y'all know what time it is. Tanya B, what you got? Yeah. Okay, I, no need to get your fire extinguisher this week. I'll just be real quick because we have a lot more to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, in a little more than a couple hour and change, um, the miniseries Genius Aretha starring Cynthia Erivo comes on, uh, they call it Nat Geo, but it's actually National Geographics, which is interesting because when you think of National Geographics, you don't think of Aretha Franklin miniseries. And nope. if you don't have Nat Geo, <laughs> you can watch it tomorrow on Hulu. It's a over four, it's a eight hour total. Uh, and what's interesting about this one is that Aretha's family is not on board with this. You will not hear a lot of her early music because the, they did not get the rights to it. From what I'm understanding, it focuses more on Aretha Franklin, um, late 60s, early 70s. Hmm. Uh, one of the other things is that I understand that uh, Courtney B. Vance, who plays her father, the Reverend C.L. Franklin, is not at all portrayed in a positive light. Hmm. Now, people had, you know, and nobody's perfect. I get that part. But, you know, back then, if you were a preacher, a man of the cloth, you were held to a very high standard. Hmm. And, you know, there was some alleged <laughs> claims of him being a womanizer, uh, you know, having these wild parties. Maybe you may have heard Ray Charles talk about them. Uh, it was like he had the party house in Detroit, whether you sang secular music or not. Um, and I mean, there have been so many claims of, of him doing so dabbling in so many illegal things. And, you know, no one's here to, you know, refute that. But uh, may have to bring in uh, Mr. Collier. 
<laughs> he might uh, yeah. uh, he might refuse. I must have called you. Come back. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Aretha Franklin's uh, granddaughter Victory has been asking people to join her in protesting uh, this movie. Wow. But she, I saw one picture of her protest, and she was the only person that was there. So I guess people didn't hear about it, or nobody had time. They didn't want to come out in the pandemic. Probably nobody cared. Her. They're bigger issues, bigger fish to fry. They probably exactly. And bit. my thing is, I am. I mean, I'm going to watch this absolutely mm-hmm. just to see. Uh, but I am just all ready for beyond ready for uh, August when the Aretha. Uh, endorsed biopic R-E-S-P-E-C-T starring Jennifer Hudson comes out because that was the one Aretha Franklin's Aretha's family's behind involved in they endorse it and Aretha personally picked Jennifer Hudson to portray her and eight hours is a I'm lot looking forward to that's that. a lot that's a lot of a lot, a lot of content. Well, eight hours, I think it's two hours a night. But, you know, it's just like um, the ABC Soul of a Nation. But you know what? Here's the thing. If they don't Different grab artists, people, though, but go ahead. If yeah. they don't grab us tonight, yeah. the other, the remainder of it doesn't matter. It's moot. And uh, <laughs> so we're going to go from now, respect to disrespect. And I'm talking about Kirk Franklin's son, uh, Carry On. I, I just say this young man definitely has some unresolved mental issues and some trauma he's never dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard the tape. Uh, what Carry On uh, released to the public is not the entire tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just say this. Mm. Uh, you know, about a year or so ago, he tried to get people's attention and throw his dad under the bus by saying that Kirk Franklin was trying to kill him. Mm. But he never produced a receipt. And, you know, I, uh, social media is embracing Kirk Franklin. They are dragging and reading his son for filth and filth, filth, flan, filth, flan, filth. And, you know, people like the OG fathers, like Ricky Smiley and Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. you know, are, are taking, um, for lack of a better term, Kirk Franklin's side. Yeah. And, um, you know, we come from a place, I think we can all agree, we come from a place where we just knew better to do that because we'd either come up missing the tooth oh, yeah. or being in a medical facility in need of some emergency medical attention. Or, you know, and, un- uh, or unconscious for... <laughs> okay, but you, you, you come up with, like, foot, you know, foot in your mouth or some other orifice, and it seems like... Um, now that Carry On has gotten older, and yeah. you know his father will not be an ATM for him, and clearly he's, you know, Kirk has said it's been a very toxic relationship. Yeah. He and uh, Carry On's mother had him when they were like seventeen years old, and even his the boy's mother, whose name is Sean Ewing, has now come forward and she's publicly speaking, saying what he's doing is wrong and he needs to close his mouth. Yeah. Well, you know what I'll say yeah. is Kirk has always been transparent, and he's never yeah. he never ever puts himself out there like this perfect image. I mean, he know everybody knows Kirk is flawed, right. but, but the thing is, you know, when you get into a situation like that and, and, you know, with between, you know, in house, this is an internal discussion among families. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I just like, whoop, you know, better be glad he was on the other end of that phone line. What Kirk Franklin said to that, I call him a boy because he's not acting like a grown man at all. Yeah. What Kirk Franklin said to that boy, I think many of us, you know, and we do it one time. Yeah. You know, we've been on the receiving end of that, maybe, you know, and using some other terms. But I, I think until this man, this, this. But ain't like he was talking Kirk, to a 12 year old. How old is the guy? He's. What? He's in his 30s. He's but in he's his actually, 30s. Just every, what did Kirk Franklin said, you're a B-ass, you know, and that's it. And it's funny, he had, you know, that 
that that phone courage. He wouldn't get in front of his father and say that. He had to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's just he, he's he's stunting. Well, it's, it's not got, like you remember. Gotta, you remember Alec Baldwin when Alec Baldwin got into it with the, his little girl? Yeah, and I'm sure she was a spoiled rotten. But brat. she was. But she was what? Come on. She was. She wasn't even 16. She was 12. Yeah, she was 12. 12. You know what I mean? Kurt Franklin was not talking to a 12 year old. I'm gonna leave it at that. He's no. talking to a 30 something year old man. So I'm gonna leave right. it at that. Well, what me, a, yeah, I mean, just just wrap well, this up. But what you got on that? Okay, yeah, oh, I just want to say this five hundred two is wife because normally when you have toxic situations, you know, when you have you know the children of your spouse, it something like this could have de- could have easily you know just b- torn their marriage apart. So hmm. Kirk Franklin asked that we pray for him. I'm like, I'm going to pray for the son because if the son probably gets within an inch, I don't care if Kirk is five foot two. Yeah. You know, you're never too old or too grown to disrespect disrespect your parents. I can't even say it. I'm like, okay, you know, let's be done with Kirk, her. Let's get talk up on about the phone something. books and knock him out. But go ahead. I'm, what did LL2 just say? Mama said, knock you give, out. Give Kurt a couple <laughs> of phone books and it's over. But go ahead. I'm <laughs> telling you, you get the broom. Uh, okay, and I just want to say a quick five on it to uh, Lizzo. She's actually Lizzo. got a show that's coming on Amazon. It's called Good As Hell. Nice. Like her song. And it's where she's going to really give big girls some shine no matter what their talent is, she's going to try to just give them a leg up and, and keep it pushing. Hmm. I also want to say five on it to LeBron James. Now, we all know LeBron James is hurt with this uh, ankle injury Damn. and he's out. I'm a Laker fan. I'm hurting. I'm hurting with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I want to say five Damn. on it to him for two things. One is that he's made history as the first minority minority uh, owner of the Major League Baseball team, the Boston Red Sox, my hometown, Boston. Yeah. And also, you know, that he was instrumental in uh, putting together the group that uh, purchased the Atlanta Dream from that racist ass Kelly Leffler. Go so ahead, I say five. Go ahead. Now, now, can we give LeBron, like, you know, the air horn, a round of applause, a little something, something? I did. Damn. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> you know I did. I'm a Lakers fan. Come on now. <laughs> okay. 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 And lastly, I'll just get real quick about this. Um uh, this rapper, Waka Flocka, a.k.a. Waka Flocka Flame, he's talking about how the pandemic, you know, has really broken him financially. And I just say, take a number. You're not the only person that, you know, can't tour and can't work. But it's interesting. He says that. Hmm. But then his, his wife turns around and went out and spent $100,000. So I guess those Yee. loving hip hop checks might be paying him a little bit more. But the thing about it is he says he's making new music and I don't think anybody cares. I don't. Do you? OK, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, there are some. You know, it's it's really sad what's uh, what's flying around uh, these allegations about Little Wayne and some serious drug use. You know, he did plead guilty, going to jail, and I'll just remind you that when um, and this is in the Miami Herald. I'm not making this part up. Um, you know, the cops went uh, on that plane that he had. That's how he got arrested with the guns, and there was also some Molly, some cocaine, some weed, and some heroin on there. And I understand that when people have an addiction to lean. You know, those harder, stronger drugs are usually that's where they end up going. And lastly, Kanye West claims that he is the richest black man alive with a value of six point six billion dollars. Did he claim? I thought did somebody else claim? (laughs) Wait a minute! (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So what did what did they say? What did what did Forbes say? What did Forbes Um, say? They said it's less than half of that. Oh wow. And so, uh, K Dub, you K Dub, are you a, a um, you are you a, I guess I don't even know how to call. Is it Yay fan or what do you call him now? What are are you a Yay fan, K Dub? 
Yay fan, is that what they call this stuff now? Okay, <laughs> I mean Kanye. Yay. Are you a Kanye fan? How about yay no? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean Yeah, I mean he's had stuff here and there. I mean songs musically. Yeah, yeah. He got stuff. Yeah, I've been like, yeah, yeah, that's hot, that's hot. But yeah. boy, his behavior in the public yeah. eye and stuff he yeah. does is like yeah. dude, are mental you illness. Like, but let me or bipolar or quad polar or something. Yeah, it's breaking it you know, down. I, I think there's more than that. Let me ask you this, K Dub. Like we are, I, I know I like the old Kanye, but think about the old Kanye and all of the songs that he had that were hits that oh. were samples. He used Otis Redding's "Try a Little Tenderness." Mm-hmm. He used uh, Ray Charles' "I Got a Woman," you know, for Gold Digger. So again, going yeah. back to what Mister Collier was saying, and I said I like old Kanye too, but old Kanye used somebody else's music. Yeah, yeah, and so he really mean. did bad service to one. I mean, I didn't like it. People might have liked it. That's through the fire. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh my! I, I was like, no, he didn't. But anyway, hey man, I'm just. I'm just a bass player. What else you got? Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, big time. They need to learn how to play and get some kind of original creativity because we, as black people, we are known for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years being creators, whether it be civilization, you know, uh, uh, technological advances, which we had that kind of stuff back then, and music. So, you know. Well, you know what? Let me me mention this, man, because you, you brought that up. Uh, and we lost him. We lost ecstasy from from um, Houdini. That was the beauty of Houdini. Houdini's tracks were original. They didn't they didn't sample. I don't think any of their hits were sampled. No, I don't remember none of their stuff being. They came out and did their thing just with with their own type of music. You yeah. know what I mean? They, if it's good and the people, if it moves people, one thing about music and songs, mm-hmm. if it moves the masses of the people that's in this room, you know, in that room or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, you got something. So, you know, take the chance. It's like just quick. But then again, they cut the bands out from being connected with the artists. And so now the artists got to, oh, it's better to sample. But as someone was saying, or stating earlier, I think it was Tanya B, when those young kids hear something that's yeah. old, Mm-hmm. If you give them a chance and they get exposed, they'll like the stuff. They yeah. just got to learn how to start playing the stuff, which we said earlier again, too. And we talked about this yesterday about my hometown, how they cut the music out of the schools. Now, in Dayton, you got to go to a special school wow. to be in the program. And when I was coming up, or the, before me, the Lakesides and the players, man, we was just banging in garages, in school, out of school, in basements, every, in every corner. But Cut yeah. the music. They cut the music programs. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the price we pay. And, and honestly, I'll you know wrap this wrap this part of uh, you know your your stories up, uh, Tanya B, and just say, you know, even with the Grammys, I think this is what the Grammys suffer from. You know, when you cool. cut the music the music programs out of all these schools, and these kids aren't really trained, then you get a bunch of mm, what you got. What, what else you got? Yeah, go ahead. What else you got next time you be? And we'll, we'll get back to no, you. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I wanted to cut it short. We, I know we have so much more to get to. And, yeah. you know, even what we're talking about here with the Grammys, that could be a show, you know, in of oh, itself. On its own. Um, I agree. 
You know, sometimes, you know, situations like the Grammys, you know, they have to be caught with their bus hanging, I mean, with their butts hanging out the window <laughs> of the bus, yeah. you know, because clearly it's time for change. You know, even when you talk about, and I know I'm a, I'm wrapped this up, you talk about independent artists. It was a time when they just shunned independent artists. Yep. Now they don't have that luxury. You know, you had Chance the Rapper who came in a couple of years ago and changed the game mm-hmm. and, you know, and won without a record deal or, or you know, minimal uh, airplay. Yes, he had a plan. I get that part. But then you look at the bulk of the nominees this year, as well as the bulk of those who won the Grammys. Mm -hmm. It wasn't major label artists. It was independent artists. Yeah. But, you know, let me say this, Tanya B, because I know there was a report saying that really the top 1% of music get all the streams. Okay. And, And I don't know if you saw that report. It came out last year. They were talking about it in Rolling Stone. Um, I still think the best will always rise to the top, the cream, you know, the creme de la creme. But I agree. Yeah. But my challenge is and and this is another show as well. A lot of these guys, you've ever heard of these stream farms where. Oh, yeah. You have somebody that has about 10, 20, 30 servers in their basement. Yeah. And they not and they've been exposed as well. And I don't know in a lot of cases when it comes down to these streams and how they report these streams, if if this stuff is legit anymore, you know what I mean? Because of what we're seeing in terms of turnout, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, these, these folks who, who have all these streams, but they can't pull a crowd. So, so it's another show. No, no, that that is, that's another thing. And and that is why. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll get to this maybe next week. We'll talk about the bird wire. But, you know, that is exactly why. And because you have, it's almost like you have to do, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? A slop and buck dance because streaming doesn't pay. No. Oh, it is terrible. Ooh-wee. You know, you get, I think a million streams might yeah. get you, is it $40? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like 0. .00069 and each streaming service has cut a different royalty rate. Yeah. And the thing about it is you got these major labels that are, that are have a stake in most of these streaming services. So they're double dipping because the labels are getting paid because oh. they're owners. Then they're getting paid off of these artist streams. And the artists, you know, they're starving and they get peanuts. Yeah, so not, to, not to go way back, but if you was to go back and you say, just take half of that million, 500,000 single sold is $500,000, even though you as an artist ain't getting all that, but it's still going to be more than, Oh, this streaming. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> hey, but real quick, you know, it's, yeah, almost, it's almost worse than the Supremes who had to split a penny mm-hmm. in royalties. They were getting more than than most artists get now for a stream. Yeah. Why they don't flip it back to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Hey, real quick before uh, before we leave and, and we're going to go to break and come back and talk about this big issue in the news. Uh, I do want to mention Sharon Osbourne. And uh, the talk show is still on hiatus, I guess, to investigate the comments of Sharon. Um, and, you know, you had Holly Robinson-Pete who came out and said, hey, you know, shit, she called me ghetto. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, what they said about what they uh, allegedly what she said about Julie Chan, the, the Asian uh, wait, slurs, you know, but yes. go ahead. Oh, uh, again, was something else? Again. Yeah. What else? And then you've also got uh, the allegations uh, that Leah Remini, who was a white woman, made about Sharon Osbourne when she was on the talk, as well as Sharon Osbourne. This is like to me, if there is ever an apex of privilege, yeah, this is it. Be- when Sharon Osbourne allegedly used um, 
an anti-LGBTQ name or made a comment to Sarah Gilbert, who actually was her boss because Sarah Gilbert created the talk and hired Sharon Osbourne. And even she left the show. Wow. That's amazing. There's some more going to come out. We'll, We'll keep an ear out for it. Uh, and I mentioned well, from what I'm hearing, yeah, the negotiating her uh, severance, her walkaway package. It's like yeah, you know that's, to, that's to drag this best. out. Yeah, oh, go ahead. It's not worth. It. They're going to pay her to go away and try to salvage this show. And trust me, the ratings with her being gone, the ratings are probably going to go up. Yeah, and I I just don't see the relationship and the chemistry of that show staying the same after all this stuff has been exposed anyway. Uh, but a couple of things real real quick, and then we'll go to break. Uh, of course, I already mentioned verses with Earth, Wind, and Fire. And the Isley, that's going to happen on April 4th. So make sure you, you know, check your calendar for that. Easter uh, Sunday, baby. Easter, Easter Sunday. Sunday. And uh, I saw them two live together back in like 04. And it was. Oh, off the chain. It's ridiculous. Off when the fire all the way they took the show. <laughs> yep. yep. TD Jakes um, is buying 132 acres of Fort Mac in East Point uh, where Tyler Perry is. Perry, uh, Tyler already has 330 acres. That area is massive, by the way. That's almost the whole city of East Point, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, but but Fort Mac is massive. It's a city within itself. It's a city, yeah, the uh, military base. Yeah. And you know one thing I thought about that? What's that? T.D. Jakes, I, I know he's rooted at the Potter's House in Dallas, but there's been so much going on hmm. in Dallas. And with the spike in Corona, you know, the, 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 the church donations are down. I wonder if he'll do like Bishop, uh, Bishop Paulus Morton and have a base here in Atlanta. Because when those hurricanes come oh, yeah. and those natural disasters come yeah. and hit Texas, he can come right here to Atlanta, flip the switch, turn the camera on and not miss a beat. Well, it's interesting. I mean, they're doing some research apparently to find out exactly they're buying the land. I think they, but his real estate group is uh, doing some research to find out what's the best fit, what what they should do with that land. But it's, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of land, a lot of land. And real quick before we go, y'all watch, I know I'm a big Pluto TV fan. Okay. But I got to give it, I'm going to give them some props right now, y'all, because when they, they added the nineties, the Vivo nineties channel, and the Vivo's, the Vivo 80s and Vivo 2K to their 24-7 channels. And I'm telling you, I am, yeah. I can't turn the 90s off because I, I just forgot. That's when the music was hot, yo. Damn, I forgot how big Janet and Mariah. Because, you know, it's a bunch of those videos, but it's just amazing. So kudos to Pluto for doing that. That's just massive. I just, I was um, pleasantly surprised in watching uh, Pluto's content on the uh, Vivo 90s channel. They already had the 70s and country and R&B, but, but when you look at the 90s with all the genres together, it was just massive. I mean, you talk about grunge, you talk about pop, you talk about R&B, it's just like 90s. Ooh, boy, damn. <laughs> but anyway, hey, y'all, let's do this. We'll come right back and we'll kind of put a bow on uh, some of these serious issues uh, that we talked about earlier in the show. We'll be right back. A minute to talk about the Start Your Podcast Now free webinars that happen weekly at castropolis.net. The weekly webinars happen every Wednesday at 9 p.m. and are only about a half hour. It's a great place to start and get questions answered if you're considering starting a podcast. I'm Tommy B and I'm your host for these weekly webinars. If you're interested, go to castropolis.net and click on the banner. That's C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net 
Internet, click on the banner. Also, if you're a podcaster, the Castropolis Podcast Network is looking for new shows and creatives to collaborate with. We have uh, streaming opportunities if you're looking to stream your show with us. And also just add our Black-owned and operated network to the other platforms you're already associated with. If you're interested, email us at info at castropolis.net. That's info at castropolis.net. Again, info at castropolis.net. Also, this information will be available on the podcast page. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Hey, real quick. Uh, and, and you know, we, we know about the shooting that occurred here in Atlanta as we take the podcast this week. Um, but I don't know if you guys are watching and I've been watching it for the, probably the last month, kind of, uh, taking my time and absorbing Will Smith, uh, in 14th about the 14th amendment on Netflix and the timing couldn't be more perfect, uh, with everything that's going on. Mm. Because one part of it, they talk about how impactful the, uh, letter from the Birmingham jail was, um, that, that Dr. King wrote. And, you know, talked about the moral failings and, you know, and, and as you know, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the fact that Asian Americans in Congress are working to make March 26th like a day of action. And they're working on laws. I mean, they're working on laws. They ain't out there working on settlements like some folks we know out there. They're working on laws. Dan Crump. <laughs> Which I, I do want to mention that in this conversation as well. Um, and, uh, but the Anti-Defamation League said racist rhetoric hit an all-time high in 2020. And one of the things I think that you're hearing a lot about is, you know, solidarity. Because I, I just, you know, and, I, and I'll start with you, Tanya B, because, you know, we've had this conversation via text quite a bit. You know, I, I just don't understand. And I know the young man who, the murderer, the one who has confessed to killing all eight people, his church came out. And said, you know, they condemned it right away, you know, and why can't the evangelical white pastors all across the country just come out and denounce this racism, especially going back to the beginning of the pandemic when I can't even say his name on the podcast. I don't have to because he's no longer president. Uh, I don't want you want to call him 45, but you know, what I'm talking about. You know, the big pile of orange, Crazy. you know, um, carrot top. Yeah, carrot you know. top. But but well, basically, yeah. why can't they just come out? Because, you know, we were talking about this week, Beth Moore, who's a, I guess they call her like a sc- Sunday school teacher because, you know, because they won't allow women to be pastors. <laughs> I mean, that's another problem. That's problematic. Um, uh-uh. And the black pastors left the Southern Baptist. Why can't they just come out? and make a joint statement. Why won't they do that? I'm going to start with you, Tanya B. I, I, I got my thoughts, but I don't want to dominate the rest of this show. I, I think, you know, when you look at things like this, when, you know, when it's so blatantly in your face, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is some type of financial benefit that they don't want to lose that is tied to it, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, thou, made, thou, thou doth protest too much. A lot like you look at that pastor at Hillsongs, you know, Mr. Holier Than Now, High and Mighty, you know, out there been cheating on his wife and dipping and doing and all of this. And the church knew about it. It's almost like, uh, you know, these these priests, the church knew about it for years. Yeah, yeah with the altar boy. Covered it up. Yeah, go and ahead. Covered it up. Yeah. So my point is, it's like, I, I mean, it was when I was watching the 14th. On, on Netflix. 
and they mm-hmm. were talking about Dr. King writing the letter from Birmingham jail and his moral uh, appeal um, to the white pastors. It's just like time is repeating itself all over. It, it's just, you know, we didn't learn. We have not. No, I think, uh, I mean, I wonder, you know, if may he rest in peace, if John Lewis was still alive, what would he say? You know, you got to wonder, and he could still be alive if Dr. King were alive, you know, what would he say? Um, you know, I, I don't know that, honestly, because they have been so quiet and I get it and complacent and just kind of not. Yeah, but you, who, not who you, having who, the impact that they had before with Sharpton and, and Jesse Jackson. We know Jesse's you know, speech is affected. He's not doing that much, mm-hmm. you know, but it's almost like that leadership that we had as well. Even with Malcolm X, we don't have that. And if you think about it, it's never been replaced. I think, you know, if you're looking at an activist, I mean, heck, James Brown would have probably been a better activist than, he, you know, than, than an entertainer. But he was that as well. Yeah. You know, we don't have you know, that leadership. And if you look at other ethnic groups, you mm-hmm. know, when these things happen, they band together 10 times stronger and they have, you know, someone who will come out or some people who will come out and say things. Just like you said, I mean, this young man, the murderer, I guess his church did denounce him, but I heard they kicked him out anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I guess they didn't want to have that blood on their hands. Yeah, but they came out. And, and that's my whole point about you know, I know the National Day of Prayer comes up. We haven't we haven't had it yet this year, but it and and I know a lot of people are you know well what's that going to do? You know how people are you know the skeptics. But exactly. My, but my whole point is it's like even going back to that orange pile, you know that we had to deal with the last four years. Uh, when well, when you, he started it, he started it. He well he, he didn't start the racism. But my point is, no. he exacerbated the situation. Right. He made them think it was okay just to come out of their face and say and do anything right. with no repercussion. Now, uh, let me, can I just want to just sidestep this for a yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, K-Dub, I want you to, I want to get your take on this because, you know, from what I understand, just like, you know, the early integration of the stacks artists, and I wish Mr. Colley was still here to, to speak to that. Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, as, as a touring musician back, you know, when, when you were out there under the age of 21 or even further, <laughs> you know, how, you know, did, what did you see out there and how did that come together? And was there really, you know, a, a camaraderie uh, among, you know, those creatives that you were, you know, working with where was this really an issue? Yeah, you mean race? I guess he's asked. She, yeah, she's yeah. asking about you know, race. He heard, I watched Standing in the Shadows of Motown and the Funk Brothers. You know that were an interracial the studio band. They were saying, "Yeah, that taking a bullet for you." We didn't look at color. So when you were out there, you know, uh, K Dub, I wonder what was your experience and how did did you have to deal with that? I know you still, you know, will go to the south and some places where you probably were not as welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was real interesting now as a band and dealing with the artists mainly traveling the south like on the blues circuit. It was um it was two things. One was doing a lot of blues, it was a lot of the audiences was mostly white. Hmm. And then the other one was dealing with the bands which was mostly black. So, I've seen the discrepancy from being in a band black <laughs> black against black that kind of stuff, but just in music in general, you can usually, if I find some uh, a, a white person that I'm I'm cool with musically and we get along really well and it's just strictly music, a lot of times 
a lot of times they have a different mindset than the ordinary basic white person. I don't know if it's music or getting along or understanding, but every now and then I'd find that one white person or here and there like, oh, this one is really cool. But at the same time, we would go to places and we play and you can, they liked us cause we was playing, but it's like, yeah, you like me cause I'm playing, but I really feel something different. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of almost a be on your toes thing. Cause I never really knew who was going to be what. And sometimes, like I said, it was the blacks I had to deal with. Like, Hmm, this is <laughs> really it. interesting. But then we get a white promoter sometimes and he'd be like, I'm like, Oh man, this guy is like, really cool taking care of yeah, <laughs> so yeah keep your head on a swivel with a lot of them but i hear you i hear what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. you had to be on on guard for which way it, whatever came at you because that person could be like that it could be that scenario or it might not be you yeah. know what i mean go to vegas and it's like oh they treat us like kings fly to cleveland it's like well, do we got to take this white boy outside and beat him upside the head? <laughs> but let me, let me say this. Where's my let me, money? <laughs> let me say this, y'all, though. When, I don't know. I mean, I watched uh, watching Judas and the Black Messiah and, uh, and watching how Fred, Fred Hammond, um, Fred Hampton, I'm going to call that man. I, stop calling that man Fred Hammond. Fred Hampton. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, but my whole point about his style and his philosophy was to bring everybody together. You know, he, he felt that he could go out and talk to um, a, a white group with a Confederate flag if they all shared the same issue, the same problems. So he would go talk to different gangs who, you know, who weren't on the same page. He looked for solidarity partners. And I agree. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I think the Asian community, you're going to see going forward, them being much more vocal about creating solidarity partners. Now, I think, I mean, you know, I don't want to have the trope conversation about, you know, the, the Asian versus black thing, because I think part of that's generational, you know, when it comes down to how, how, you know, we dealt in the past, but going beyond that, I think there's a new generation that truly understands just like there's a new generation of, of, of blacks, uh, young uh, black youth. They understand that there has to be, there have to be, we have to have solidarity partners because candidly, we're not going to get the laws passed. You're going to continue to get what you get in these settlements. But my whole problem, just let me mention this. And I didn't say this earlier in the show, but you know, you, we, we were talking about the fact that there may be, I thought there may be a problem with, uh, with the settlement of the case, the, uh, the, the money, the cash settlement, 27 million with, with George Floyd. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, uh, they had to dismiss, what, two jurors in the trial because the jurors indicated that they, because of the settlement, that they were swayed and they couldn't objectively, uh, you know, come up with a verdict. So, you know, I, I think and I think that's going to continue, even though the um, the prosecution and even Crump feels that, well, that's going to help them because people are going to feel he's guilty. No, it's going to probably cause an issue that may lead to more appeals. I don't want to see this thing go to a mistrial. Okay. That's the problem I have with the settlement. Does that make sense? Am I making sense by saying this? No, absolutely. You know, and it, put it like this, you know, unless you have your head under a rock or yeah. in the sand, and this was a worldwide, you know, 
uh, event, if you will, or story, yeah. because, and, you know, as you can see, because there were people that were protesting in countries that don't even speak English. So, yes. you know, uh, where do you honestly go to find somebody who knows absolutely positively nothing about this case? Yeah, I agree. So, so that's, that was my issue with the settlement timing because they were in the middle of choosing a jury, you know? So now, or I'm not sure where they are as of this moment, as we take the show, but I know they had to dismiss and they always have a fairly decent pool that they can draw from. But my, my concern is, uh, you know, if we keep settling, it doesn't change laws. And until the laws are changed. I wish it was somebody who would not settle. They would say, no, we don't want your money. But as long as Ben Crump is your lawyer, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ben Ben Crump doesn't go to court. Ben Crump does not win cases. No. Ben Crump is a mediator. And that's really all he is. But see, the thing is, people think, oh, the family guy, you know, Breonna Taylor, 12 million, George Floyd, 27 million. By the time the attorneys, all the attorneys take their fees, because don't forget, Ben Crump is probably not barred in, you know, a lot of these states where he handled these cases. Mm-hmm. So you got to bring in other attorneys. And every time you bring in somebody else, you know, what the family actually gets is you know, a whole lot less than what that number is. And it's just like, okay, well, let's give them money because they're going to go away and they'll be hood rich for five minutes. And then, you know, we wash our hands of it. I'm hoping there's somebody somewhere. And I hate to say that, you know, you don't want to have loss of life. Yeah. But until somebody says, no, we're not going to settle. We want to take this the distance. Yeah. This is, it's going to be a cycle. It's going to keep repeating itself because people want more. Oh, we never had that before. I guarantee you. You know, $12 million is not a lot of money. It's yeah. going to be gone in a couple of years. Watch. Yeah. So some people's attitude, if this guy walks or if he gets very little time, some people's attitude, we know who it is. Well, they got 20-something million, man, please. Yeah, and, and that's, my, that's my point. It's like we – it's cyclical. It just keeps happening. It's going to continue yeah. to it's keep happening. I mean, we're going to we're going to still have to tell our kids, hey, you know, which we should anyway. But, you know, watch out if you get pulled over, you know, make sure, you know, the, we are going to always have to worry about and be on guard about some rogue cop out yep, there the fear, who's going to take fear. our kids, Man. our grandkids, our relatives, our cousins, our, our loved ones. That's still out there. The money only solves that family's problem. It doesn't solve the problems that we have in the the laws in the short term. Mm -hmm. It's a fix, but it's not a long term fix. And that's the problem I have. And I don't have a problem with um, them helping to try to bring that family whole. And that's why I think the civil cases should be settled after the criminal cases, after these people are tried so that we can do more to try to fix the laws. And, And it's just, you know, I don't know, because now. Even when it comes down to the lawmakers, I think the lawmakers lose their passion to try to get the laws passed after after these big settlements. But, you know, lobbyists, you know, I, I have arguments about this all the time, but I'm going to leave. You it know, what the, another crazy thing about this whole thing is what's that? It, um, Chauvin or Chauvin, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. he's still getting his pension. Yeah. And that's crazy. He's still that's getting crazy. his pension. Let's take his pension and pay the family. How about that? Pow, what pow. the? Uh, uh, that's just amazing. And that's the amazing thing. I mean, you don't hold these guys accountable because you can't, because they have qualified immunity. They, you know, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. All right, y'all. Hey, big thanks again, K-Dub. Thank you so much, man, for coming on, dude. 
Thank you, man. I'm enjoying it. Two weeks in a row. Is it too much for you? Is it stressful? Nah, man. I'll be looking forward to it, man. I feel like somebody. <laughs> Always Tanya B in the building doing her thing. And 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 Vi, who is driving somewhere between uh I thought I saw Vi last night when they were when they were pepper spraying him in my, my Miami. I thought I saw him though, Tanya Ooh, B. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw it. Okay, well, I need to okay what he said. I'm traumatized. <laughs> okay, what he says. Uh, plus, thanks to all, all the folks out there who download G Podcast. This is the G Podcast every week. Please continue to follow us. We, we appreciate it. Um, we don't take you for granted. We keep trying to deliver every single week. Want to want to shout out my brother. This is my first college roommate, y'all. He listens every week. Uh, James Saunders. Uh, we called him Slick back in the day. Uh, Slick. Yeah, he was my roommate. He's full of freshman year. (laughs) Yeah, he's he he ran track. So, you know, after running track all day, dude would go. He fall asleep like seven o'clock. So you know me, I'm still talking. So he, I asked him. I said, "What was it like, like being my roommate?" He's like, "Man, you just wouldn't shut up, dude. I had to, you know, (laughs) 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 we're friends, but but you know, he like, dude, you know." You got to, yeah, but, but we were good friends. He still checks out the show and we, we talk from time, time to time. Hope he's doing well. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, James. Appreciate you, Slick. Also, final words, y'all. You know, as of this week, um, and I got to give them some applause. They, they've arrested 300 members of the insurrection and they keep arresting them. And they're they, looking they, for more. They're looking for more. Uh, also, I got to shout out uh, Fulton County, Georgia, DA continues to build a strong case against that orange pile uh, and Come his cronies. Fanny. She, I voted for Fanny, so yes, I'm cool with yes, that. So I'm going to give her, her, her props. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm going to give props to the you know Southern District of New York. They still interviewing a bunch of people. Michael Cohen has been there like interviewed nine times talking about that orange pile's taxes. Um, mm. and, and they just hired this strong organized crime. The only problem I have with that is he was an organized crime, you know, uh, prosecutor, but now he's like their defender. <laughs> you know, he defends. So, you know, he kind of plays both sides of the fence as years have gone on. But hopefully he'll mm-hmm. remember he's a prosecutor when all this yeah, goes dude. down. Um, and and also um, there. Plus, you know, there are enough cases in the pipeline. This dude's going to be busy for like 25 years with all the cases in the pipeline. Um, keep the foot on the gas. That's all I got to say. And kudos to... President Biden, they went over 100 million vax at 58 days when he said he was just going to get 100 uh, within the first 100 days. So he's probably going to double that number, what they're, what they're saying. They're going to get probably double, maybe 200 million versus when they hit 100 days, they may be at 200 well over that. So kudos to uh, to the administration for doing their thing. And, uh, you know, again, thank you all so much. One last, one quick word from you, Tanya B. You got anything? Uh, yes, I, I want to say, what in the entire hell were the parents who gave their kids money to go to Florida spring break thinking mm. they need, they they need <laughs> to get thrown in, in yeah. over there. I don't you know. You give your kid money to go to spring break. We're going to have a surge again. They've already had 2 million cases in Florida. There's going to be more. These kids are going home and they're taking this back to their parents and their grandparents. And the vaccine will not be that effective if people keep doing Mm-mm-mm. this dumb donkey stupid behavior. I agree. They were out. They were out in Miami. I'm telling you. They got pepper spray. And it wasn't they, just people that mm. looked like us. It was the black, oh, brown, black and brown, white. Yeah. Mix. 
Everybody was, was out there. It was a mix. Everybody was out there. Yeah, yeah. So, but then you know what? You got DeSantis, the moron, and I said it, alleged moron, the governor of the state who lifted all the bans, <laughs> and these yeah. mayors are feeling powerless. So this is what happens. They're going to lose money and they're going to lose. There'll be more loss of life. So anybody who gave their kid, niece, nephew, whoever money to go to spring break, you know what? Dumb donkey, stupid. There you go. There they go. That's for them. You got any last words? Any last words? K-Dub, not K-W. Shout out to K-W. <laughs> the super fan. Wait, pick me back off. I'm a pick you up. I'm your beat. And so, I'm going to say, America, the land of the hard heads. <laughs> so true. I saw that stuff in Miami. Oh, boy. <laughs> I see it over here from University of Dayton. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll leave it right there. They were, they were tackling them in the street. I'm like, oh, my God. All right, y'all. Hey, we appreciate y'all listening again. Thank you so much. You can uh, always give us a call. Uh, at our feedback line if you have any questions 413-556-9546-413-556-9546 and with that episode 74 is in the can and we are out of here peace peace out mask up social distance it's not over you've been listening to the g podcast with your host tommy b the g podcast is a production of the castropolis podcast network thanks for listening